When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get three-pound rolls of juicy 80% lean ground beef for $3.49 a pound with a digital coupon. Then get select varieties of flavorful Powerade, Body Armor Super Drink, or Arizona Tea for 77 cents each, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Um, on that's a couple of different things need to record on. And let's just get before we just have a chat. Let's just get straight into the show, and that can be the show, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Sounds good. Okay. Knife Talk is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treating ovens available. Find your next oven at evenheat-kiln.com. To the chopper. <laughs> Welcome to Knife Talk. These are strange times. We're not just doing our normal show on a Monday. We're trying to put as much content as we can out there. So I know Jeff has done a few single tracks. This is my single track. So this is Craig from Chop Knives, but I do have a guest. He's been on the show before, I think more than once, actually. It's Jeremy from Simple Little Life, or Homestead Knives, actually. Simple Little Life is the channel, isn't it, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah, and that's the Instagram handle. Right, and Homestead Knives is, is the knife-making arm of that. Yep, you betcha. Got you, got you. So... Yeah, thanks for having me, Craig. I'm glad to be on. Oh, good, 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 good. Very last minute as well, so thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. How are things? Um, the same, uh, you know, it's funny because I think we all feel pretty much exactly the same way. It's weird it, you know, there, there's a sense of uncertainty that what is, you know, how long will this last? What's the next measure going to be? Mm. And the weird thing is, is that it's not an isolated event, you know. Um, you know, there's a lot of disasters in different parts of the world and, you know, very isolated. It's like, okay, this country had an earthquake, you know. But this is something that every single person on the planet is affected by. Yeah, yeah. I, I talked about this in the show last week. That It's probably the first thing in my lifetime where, as you say, everybody in the world is affected in some way. It's, it's, mm. it's really crazy. So are you on a sort of lockdown there? Uh, not yet. Nope. And actually, I think restaurants are still even open, wow. but they've had like, a, I think, mandatory half of their seating capacity. Um, some of the fast food places like Tim Hortons and stuff, they've shut their restaurant doors down. But I, I believe there's still some restaurants that and it's just gonna be a matter of time before they do lock things down. Yeah. But yeah. Um, everything's pretty much business as usual. I mean, there's no requirement to stay in your house yet. But what, it's probably just a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, what are the numbers there? Because you're in Canada, aren't you? Yep. Uh, I'm really terrible with numbers because I don't listen to the news too much, but I, I don't know. I forget. I honestly mm. don't know. And by the time this comes out, it'll have changed. Um, we're definitely, I think we're kind of, a, we're behind everybody else. Um, 
you know, I remember coming back from vacation a couple of weeks ago and we were just starting to, when we'd left, it was fine. And then when we came back, everybody had masks on mm-hmm. in the airports and stuff. And uh, even hearing about, you know, different cases and schools being shut down, typically we're a day or two behind the U.S. anyways. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I've just been looking at numbers here. So here in France, um, we've been back, we've been in the U.K. for quite some time. So we came back a week ago mm-hmm. and straight into lockdown. And when I say lockdown, is you, I mean, you're not allowed out on the street. Everybody's literally in their house. Um, if you are out on the street, the, uh, the the police and the army are sort of patrolling and you need to have paperwork to say that you're allowed out. Um, wow. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's sort of self-declaring paperwork. So you, you, can go to the, you can go to a supermarket once a day if you need to, but you need to write down the time you yeah. left, exactly where you're going. You can't be more than a kilometre away from the house. And so it's, yeah, it's, it's, it is crazy. And I, I honestly think it's only going to get worse. But um, I've, I've been giving this some thought this week. So... I know for yourself, you you homeschool anyway, don't you? You've got kids, and I think you homeschool anyway. Mm-hmm. You work from home, so the, the disruption is probably quite quite minimal for your for your normal day to day life, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And if anything, like I'm actually quite involved with my kids' extracurricular activities. Mm. Um, you know, my boys are in air cadet program, and um, I'm the chair of our sponsoring committee, and so it's amazing. Like, usually I have two to three nights a week that I'm busy doing stuff like, you know, booking buses or venues for the kids to get to different stuff. And that's all stopped. So actually, I've got way more free time. And um, yeah, my my day to day working hasn't changed. But it's, I I kind of feel bad, but I'm enjoying this time where I'm not having to run around and do stuff. And I really feel guilty for saying that, right? I think people should. I think people should. This is, the whole world is on pause at the moment. So I think use the, everybody Mm -hmm. should use this time to just enjoy yourself you shouldn't feel guilty about it i mean it's a little bit worse for me because i've got two kids sort of preschool so when i see everybody you know yeah. on facebook and instagram they're like oh yeah we're gonna watch a whole netflix series today and we're gonna stay in our pajamas i'm just like you lucky <laughs> bastards <laughs> you know, it's very no very kidding, different no for me um but yeah very little has changed with regards to you know as i say my, my kids are sort of way before school age um, so they, you know, they need constant supervision. So you know, not much has changed really. Just that we're we're not taking them out. That's that. That's it. And yeah, um, yeah, it's, it's it's a tough time for a lot of people. But um, you know, it's it's happening to everybody. So we're all going to get through this. I'm sure of it. I'm sure of it. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's talk about your channel for a little bit. So for those who don't follow Jeremy on on YouTube, um, he is Simple Little Life. Um, one of the mm-hmm. first sort of mega channels that I sort of really sort of subscri- subscribe to really with YouTube because, you know, I always, you know, watched YouTube and things like that. But um, I think you were doing like a, a like a, a knife a day for 30 days or something like that at one point. Um, yeah. And that was my... Well, um, th- first, it was just a 30-day video challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And then I later did like a five-day knife-making challenge where I'd make a knife every day for five days in a row. Got you, got you. And I think you yeah. were the first person I actually subscribed to on YouTube because I never really, you know, I hadn't created an account. I oh, just well. go on and search well, and so on. So so thank you. I've learned so much from your channel. It's been great. Oh, well, thank, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> so what's the, the plan going forward? With uh, Are you sort of limited to what you can do now with, I mean, are you still getting posting to get supplies, that kind of thing? You, is, is it going to affect the way that you, you, your channel operates? 
I don't think so. Uh, well, not yet. I mean, you, it, it's kind of like it's that, that's the weird part. It's it's hard to tell because we're in this holding pattern, just kind of waiting. Um, but as of right now, like shipping uh, the post here hasn't been taxed. Um, it's it's kind of life as normal right now. Mm. And then most of the stuff they're trying to say, okay, if you're going to go get groceries, just send one family member in instead of bringing your kids in with you. Um, so. I can't see anything changing with the channel yet. And and as such, I actually just got lucky because I had a whole bunch of steel and handle material and fasteners. I put a couple big orders in about a month ago. So I have got a lot of steel kicking around right now. So I should be able to keep myself busy. Um, but yeah, as far as I'm with the channel, I kind of want to do a very similar idea to what you guys are doing. And just I think right now is a good time to to be distracted by something healthy and you know it's you, you don't want to completely ignore the situation but at the same time you, you can't focus on what's going on right now too much i mean i typically I'll, I'll check the news in the morning and i'll check the news in the evening and that's it and beyond that i try not to think about it because ultimately there's not much i can do mm. um besides you know the recommended precautions and trying to be clean stuff but i thought for the for the time being why not you know people are trying to entertain themselves so i'm trying to make as as many videos as i can right now um, I think I actually might do a five-day knife-making challenge next week if I can. It'd probably be small little little tiny EDC knives out of scrap metal. But, um, you know, kind of do the same thing. Just want to give some people something healthy, something good to to calm them down. And just like, ah, let's watch this video and enjoy enjoy this time, right? Yeah. I think it's a great time for people to learn stuff as well. So putting content out mm-hmm. like that is great because... No, we can all, as I say, everything's on pause, so we can all use this time to sort of maybe better ourselves a little or or sit on the sofa and watch Netflix, whichever you feel comfortable with, I yep. suppose. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we've got a few questions in from people, which um, basically every week we put out a thing for questions from people, and we've we've got just a massive surplus. Um, so let's, can we run through some of them? Are you okay with that? You betcha. We go. <laughs> let's see if I know anything. Hey, man, can I ask you a question? Okay, um, this is from Firestein Forge. Um, he says, my question is about the stainless foil a lot of people use. Is it just for stainless knives? When you use it, how do you get it out of the pouch quickly if you need to quench? And basically, what's the crap for? So he's talking about, you know, the, the thick stainless steel we all use for stainless knives. And funnily enough, I was watching a video of you this week, and you, you did something that I'd never seen before. So talk us through your process of using the stainless foil and and why you use it. Okay. Uh, The main reason is that, and typically it applies mostly just to stainless steel. The reason for that is that the heat treat uh, temperatures are much higher. And if you go into a kiln that's got oxygen in it and you get up to around 2000 degrees Fahrenheit, what happens is the oxygen will actually start burning up the carbon and you'll, they call it decarbon or Oh, shoot. Decarburizing Um, basically just takes carbon out of the steel because of those high temperatures. So the idea behind a foil pouch is that you can start out with a minimal amount in there. And then it's also not going to be replenished as the blades, you know, soaking at those high heats. So um, basically, I think the foil I use is like a 309. There's different grades. Um, I get the better one. One's 307, I think, 309. Um, a lot of people on my YouTube comments like, what's up with the aluminum foil? And it's definitely not that. It's uh, it's nasty to work with. You, you're going to cut yourself like crazy. Oh, yeah. um, but basically, kind of fold up a pouch. And then I usually like to double fold the edges over. And I use uh, like sheet metal pliers. They're about four inch long, flat 
blades on them. And I kind of use that for crimping things over and then kind of hammer it all down and seal it. And it's basically just like folding paper a few times. I'll, I'll resist the folding, but once you fold it and beat it down, it stays. And then it creates that inert environment so that you uh, don't get decarburizing in your heat treat. So tell us about the heat, the baby powder. What are you using the baby powder for? Ah, yes. <laughs> I found uh, different steel. I mean, every steel, it's it's got their nuances and it acts differently. Um, I'm a big fan of Nitro-V stainless steel, which is, is a derivative of AEBL. Um, but I found that Nitro-V sticks to that foil pouch so bad, worse than any other steel. I mean, I the stainlesses that I use, I'll use uh, 440C, CPM 154, 154CM, S35VN, ABL, and Nitro-V. And of all those, that Nitro-V just sticks to that pouch like crazy. And I had one, uh, it was a big chef knife I was actually doing, and it actually welded itself. And a part of that could have been because of the plate quench that I use. And I guess that kind of also answers the other part of that question is how do you get out of the pouch? I've actually tried doing that with a foil uh, with a oil quench, and it's not easy. Um, but that's the reason that a lot of guys, when they're using the foil pouches, they'll use a plate quench. They'll just squish it between those aluminum plates. And uh, you guys have talked about that a lot on the podcast here. Um, but yeah, that's why I use the baby powder. I put a little bit of baby powder on the blade, and it completely, it, it doesn't stick at all. It's been an absolute game changer for me. And it, it kind of smells... Weird in the shop. You get a little baby smell, exactly. you know, in the midst of grinding dust. <laughs> Double yeah. gain, yeah. Okay, another question from JMR87. Um, hi, guys. Question for you fine people. When fixing scales to a knife using epoxy and pins, the standard thing seems to be you drill the holes in the tang, you drill the holes in the scales, you epoxy, you're done. He says, is there any reason um, if you've left your tang soft that you couldn't just epoxy the scales, then drill through and fit the pins afterwards? Is that mechanical benefits of doing it the traditional way? Hmm. So he's talking about sticking everything together, then drilling right through the whole thing. Um, yeah. I suppose if you're using just sort of standard pins or rods, maybe you could. Um, I personally use um, bolts, um, Corby bolts, so you wouldn't be able to do that because you need that mm. step in the um, in the in the handle material. Um, mm -hmm. I suppose you could, but I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't see why you why you would what advantage that would that would bring, and and I personally exactly. like to use um, you know wood bits for wooden scales and a steel bit for for steel, um, just yeah. just to make sure that, that the holes are you know exactly the correct size. But um, any thoughts on that at all? Yeah, I mean, I I think I'm in the same boat you are. Like, I just don't see why you would want to. I, I suppose you probably could. Uh, the only caution might be that. You know, if you glue your scales together and you're doing the handle shaping, you're relying strictly on the adhesive to hold everything together until you put your pins in. Mm. I mean, what if it accidentally slipped and you dropped it? I, I don't know. I mean, most epoxies aren't going to fail, but there is the the sense that if you've got the pins in there as well, that does add a certain sense of, you know, like a sheer protection uh, from those scales ever coming off. But I don't know. I suppose you could, but I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't think I'll ever try it like that. Yeah, yeah. It's it's one of those questions where it, there's no correct way to do anything, really. You know, everybody's got no, their own way. Yeah. So, um, give it a go. Let us know how it how it how it goes. But um, yeah. yeah, I'd say if you're using bolts, you wouldn't be able to. But if you're using pins, why not? Give it a go. Okay, let's mm -hmm. do one more question from Robinson Knives. Um, hey, man, can I ask you a question? I'm trying to work on my edge geometry. Should I make more stock removal knives faster and just 
burnt a lot of them or should I keep forging uh, forging them out? Thank you. So, uh, have you got much of a history with forging knives? I, I know you've done a couple, haven't you? I've, I've seen you on, on your channel then, but mainly stock removal, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had, I think I've had two successful forge knives that saw saw that all the way to the end and became tools in people's kitchens. Mm. Uh, um, way more than that, that, that haven't made it. <laughs> you get to a certain point and then something goes south. Um, so I don't do a lot. I certainly can't speak to forging a knife. I'm still learning as much as I can and, and trying to get as much of it in when I can. Yeah. Do you have any sort of power hammer or press or anything or all done by hand what you've done? Yeah, it's all by hand. Tough work. Tough work. Mm -hmm. So so he's trying to work out his edge geometry. Um I'd say, yeah, just stock removal and it and it I think the we always get this thing about, you know, is a is a forged knife better than a stock removal knife? And at the end of the day it all depends on that edge geometry and your grinding. So you know, you could get a very well forged knife with, with geometry that completely sucks and it's a terrible knife. Or the other way around is you mm -hmm. can have a stock removal knife that, you know, has, has got great geometry and it's a great knife. So I don't think it makes a difference whether you're forging it or whether it's stock removal, but getting that geometry right is is crucial. Um, and I, I don't know mm -hmm. what kind of knives he makes. They're Robinson knives, whether it's the chef knives or it's like EDCs or big choppers or whatever it is. I don't know. But, um, yeah, just keep working on that geometry and, and test as much as you can. That's That's the only thing I can really say about that. Yeah. And I think whether you're forging or doing the stock removal, I think geometry is such a, it's a deep topic. You know, it's the same thing with heat treating. Once you start diving into it, it's incredible how much there is to know. And I hear a lot of people talk about, oh, geometry, geometry. I think it doesn't matter whether you're forging or doing stock removal. I think the more you think about it and focus on it and, and try different things and see how it affects the performance, the better you can understand geometry. And I think there's a lot. I'm just starting to really get into geometry myself, and it's incredible how much there is just in that one little facet of knife making. Mm. Mm. And steel is cheap. So get yourself a bunch of steel yeah. And, and, yeah, work on that geometry and see where we go. So yeah. I've got a big question that I need to sort of ask you. And that was the whole point of getting you on the show, okay. really. But let's get to that just after this. Carbet uh -oh. abrasives make the world's <laughs> best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size and at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at carbetabrasives.com and get 15% off with the promo code KNIFETALK15. Do it now! Do it now. 15% <laughs> off anything from Combat Abrasives. Use the promo code KNIFETALK15. So, Sweet. So this, this, is, this is the crux of it all. Before, I feel like I've been hoodwinked, Craig. <laughs> <laughs> Before I got into, into making knives, um, I was a web designer for, for like sort of 18 years um, as a developer mm -hmm. doing stuff at the BBC and stuff with sort of big clients all around the oh, world. Wow. But... Um, so during this sort of lockdown period, I was thinking, how can I sort of help people out in some sort of way? Um, making knives isn't really going to cut it. Nobody, nobody really what, desperately needs a knife. So I made this sort of platform. It was called Be Square, and the idea was kids can't be in school. If they can't be there, they can be square. And it was lessons online that mm -hmm. they could learn and stuff. It was all YouTube embeds. It's, yeah. it's all pretty simple stuff. Um, but it's it gone very well. It's a great-looking site, though. There's, yeah, there's you know, thousands of people using it every day. So I'm really surprised, and it's, yeah, oh, wow. it's, it's, it's gone really well. But then I was thinking... Yeah, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. But then I was thinking, well... 
what if there was something similar for makers? And I put something up on YouTube yesterday saying if we had like a like a maker tube, um, would people use it? And people did. And I was giving it some more thought last night and I was thinking, well, you know, I love YouTube and I learned so much from it. I subscribe to loads of makers and, you know, thanks to the podcast, I've got to meet a lot of these makers or at least speak to them as well. Um, but then I was thinking, you know, what I'm thinking really would just be a shit version of YouTube. <laughs> you know, it would just be, what's the point? Because YouTube is there. Um, but then I was thinking, what yeah. if there was no commercial interest like YouTube has? So certain things, yeah. you know, easy gains YouTube could do, they don't do because they've got commercial interests elsewhere and so on. So how could I make a platform that would be a benefit to makers? So it, so here's my thought, and I thought I'd get you on the show because, uh, you know, as a successful YouTuber, you could tell me whether it's a bad idea, a good idea, whether what bits you like, whether you've got different ideas. <laughs> I'll, I'll just say it's I, I'm very moderate success, and I have no clue what I'm doing on YouTube still. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I, just, I have no idea. I've tried lots of different things, but, uh, yeah, I'm certainly not an expert. I, I really enjoy it, though, but, yeah, I'd love to hear what your, what your thoughts are. Okay, okay. I'm calling it Codename Megatube. Okay, but it won't be called MakerTube, mainly because they want two and a half grand for the domain name, and I'm not going to pay two and a half grand for the domain name. Oh, wow. Name. So imagine MakerTube, if you like. Um, so it's like YouTube yeah. in that it hosts video, allows likes and subscribes, etc. cetera. Uh, but MakerTube would allow makers to sign up. And once you signed up, it would automatically post any anything that you put on YouTube. So it would put an embed straight into this new platform. So there's no extra work to be oh, done. okay. Um, but you also get that YouTube views and the associated revenues that you know that that you're hoping yeah. to gain with YouTube videos. Um, but makers mm -hmm. could also upload directly to MakerTube, or they could use Vimeo if they wanted. They don't have to use YouTube. So the mm -hmm. advantage to the maker is, well, hopefully they'd have an audience who who are real makers themselves, um, not just the the filthy general public. <laughs> <laughs> which are allowed to <laughs> comment and, you know, and ruin a lot of discussions that you see on YouTube. Um, the, the whole point yeah. is the, the viewers would be makers. But I think this is the best bit. So at the moment, makers on YouTube, they use things like tip jar, buy me a coffee and things to earn extra revenue. Um, mm -hmm. But that isn't built into YouTube for some really strange reason. I know Vimeo tried doing a tip jar thing, and they, they've scrapped that oh, okay. as well. But, um, but some also post extra content on, on like Patreon or Patreon or a bit behind a paywall, and they get people to pay, and mm -hmm. you know, different ways of, of earning revenue. And again, YouTube doesn't have that facility directly, which, which blows my mind. I think, why not? They've just brought it in ah, for some channels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You can become like a... A support or something. It is funny because I remember one YouTuber I used to watch. He said, "Oh, I'll never do Patreon. It's terrible. My audience shouldn't have to pay. I'm going to work on corporate sponsorships." And then <laughs> when YouTube rolled out this new program, Straight he was one of the first to sign up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I think that's the main funny. friction point for a lot of people: the fact that it's it's outside. People need to go elsewhere, and and, it, and it's a bit of a strange thing. So mm -hmm. imagine MakerTube as a a user. As somebody who just wants to view the stuff, you know it's going to be um, quality content, which is for makers, because um, those are the people who, who have signed up to you, the creators that have signed up to use it. So imagine as a user, there is a small fee to access each month. So let's say it's $5 a month to access. But what this gives you is 50 creator coins. Each one of them is worth 10 cents. So these coins can then be given to a maker of any sort of value that you see. If you see a video, you've, you've got your credits each month. They're already lined up. 
and you can you can give them to a hmm. maker. So it's only 10 cents per coin. So you can say, I want to give all 50 coins this month to, you know, this particular video, this particular maker. Or you can mm-hmm. say, I'll just give you a couple and, I get, and I'll spread it around, that kind of thing. Um, but makers can also put up content yeah. um, behind a paywall too. So they don't have to go and use Patreon as well. So they could put exclusives on here as well as the normal YouTube stuff. Oh, okay. And again, they could say, okay, this yeah. is going to cost 10 coins to view. Which you know maybe a dollar or hmm. whatever whatever the amount turns up, turns out to be. So what yeah. the user would get is quality content, which is for makers. They'd get better discussion, and hopefully they'll have uh, a bit more of a community around things. What the creator would get is well, first of all, they wouldn't have to do any more work. We'd automatically just drag everything from in YouTube. Um, there's a way then mm-hmm. for people to um, to give you tips. As in, as in money, as in I appreciate that. I've learned something from that. I'll, I'll give you, if you've got 50 coins each month, I'll give you 10 or whatever it may be. But you can also, as a maker, put mm-hmm. stuff up behind a paywall, as you would with Patreon. It's all in one one platform. Okay. So that's the idea. And I'm thinking, I think I'm going to build it just while I'm on lockdown anyway, just to see how it goes. Mm-hmm. But I just wanted to speak to you as a YouTuber to see... If that's something that you would use, if you if there's any ideas you think that could improve it, or if you, something doesn't quite sound right, well, what's your initial thoughts? My initial thoughts: I don't think anything like that exists. Um, Which I mean, is surprising, there's, there's isn't the other it? Platforms where you can host, yeah, it's really surprising. But just kind of the way that you you described it there is like, oh wow. So essentially, um, somebody like like you're paying for the content, right? And you know, it's funny because people don't really appreciate what they don't pay for. Yeah. And uh, I mean, you know it just as I do. A lot of times people think that uh, making YouTube videos or podcasting is easy. It's like, oh, I just talk. It's, it's an incredible amount of work. And the thing is, you enjoy doing it. You want it to be out there. But nobody, you know, you can't expect money just to fall from your ceiling if you're just going to make videos all day. So that's why it's it's a weird thing. But it's also a necessary thing to reach out and say, do you want to help support the, the creation of this content of the mm-hmm. podcast or the YouTube videos, whatever. Um, but I like the way you've kind of brought everything together under one roof. Um, that's very, very interesting. Very fascinating. I think it's a great idea. And just like my initial thoughts here in the last minute, I think it sounds really cool. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anything it's, like it really, apart from something called Nebula. So uh, documentary, make, sorry, documentary makers yeah. um, use a, a platform called Watch Nebula. And it's the same. It, it's a subscription service, so you pay your 5 or your $10. But that gives you coins, which you can then distribute out to the content that you like. Um, so there's, you know, there's no money to be made on my part. Oh, you know, okay. what, the, your $5 would give you $5 worth of, sort of credits, which you, which you hand out to, to the makers. Um, it just seems strange that yeah. nobody has built it. So I'm going to build it anyway, and we'll see where we go. And for a wow. creator's point of view, cool. they can they can either do nothing and just allow us to suck in all the uh, content from YouTube, or if they want, they could then put exclusives up and charge specifically just for that one video and that kind of thing. So, yeah, let, I'm going to give it a go. Let's see how we go with it. That's cool. Uh, I got a question for you. That to me, that sounds like a massive undertaking. How how many hours did it take to put like just like the initial beta version up of that? <sighs> You, you know what? These days, everything is is bolted together. So there's, there's a service you can. I mean, oh, okay. the whole the whole monetary thing. You use a system called Stripe, which is a payment platform, which has been sort of developed 
um, for developers to be able to plug into their websites and plug into apps really, really simple. So, oh, okay. so that could be done within a day or two. You know, really simple. It's the oh wow. It's it yeah. It's it's, it's the whole sort of. Um, taxonomy of, of how things link together within an app that that's really what takes time um, with regards to you know, oh, okay. you know, tag in and profiles and usernames that kind of thing um but yeah there's, yeah. there's a lot of sort of boilerplates out there that, which you can take um it's completely open source which you can take get it to do what you want um and then you know then there's obviously the design work then to give it you know the visual appeal that you want um so, so i'd say you know something like that you can you get a rough beta up within a within a week um, oh wow! Yeah, that's crazy. And even doing things like I mean, I talk about you know sucking in all the videos from YouTube. You know, YouTube has an API, which you know is just a few lines of code which you can put into your app, and it'll do that automatically for you. Um, and mm. the same with with Stripe and the payments. So it it's bolting a lot of things together, really. That that's that's what it all is. But um, yeah, I think hmm. within a week. So if anybody's listening and they've got a good name for this for this kind of app, let me know because I certainly ain't paying for <laughs> MakerTube. <laughs> Yeah. No, so, I'm excited. I, I can't wait to see this. Cool. Cool. Let's talk about one of our sponsors. So, um, Knife Print. We did a build along quite some time ago. Um, the knife, the knife talk build along, and now I'm back in, back in my workshop. I need to finish mine because I still haven't finished it. I know lots of people <laughs> have. Um, a few hundred people um, did the build along, um, and it's been great to see all the pictures. If you use the hashtag Knife Talk BA, you'll see the pictures. But that was sponsored by KnifePrint.com, and for those who don't know. Um, I and I, I think Jeremy used to. I'm not sure whether you still do, Jeremy. You used to design a lot of your um, knives, like in a, you know, in a, in a CAD program, didn't you? I think. What did you use before? Was it SketchUp or something like that? Yeah, I use SketchUp for a bit. I've I've gone away from that. It's too much work. <laughs> I'm not, yeah. I'm not yeah. very good with the CAD stuff. So, well, KnifePrint.com. It's all done in the browser. Um, it's a 2D CAD program, but specifically for knives. So the tools are on there. We'll, we'll help you draw out and design a knife very, very simply. Um, great tutorials. So if you've never actually used a computer to design a knife before, go take a look at knifeprint.com. Great tutorials. It's free to use. Um, there is actually a pro account, which you can pay for. Um, and if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off that, which will give you more features. Um, but it's great. You can just get online, nothing to download, nothing to install. Go to knifeprint.com in your browser, design your knife. But what is amazing about their service is you can actually get a blank ordered. So they'll cut it out. They've got they've got a laser cutter and they've got one in the US as well. And they'll cut out your blanks and send them to you in the mail. And they're super, super cheap. So you, you can pick your steel, you can pick the thickness of the material that you want. Um, and they'll send you your design cut out, ready to go, ready to be heat treated and ground and the rest of it. So go take a look, knifeprint.com. Um, free to use, but if you do want to use the, the, the pro account, you can use Knife Talk 10 and get 10% off. So what is your plan for the week then, Jeremy? What what uh, what videos you've got coming up? Um, actually, right now, uh, I'm setting up my second 2x72 grinder. I've had one for a while, like over a month. And I just, I needed to reconfigure my grinding area. So I'm actually doing that right now. I was out welding this morning, had to wipe my face off to, to do the podcast here. <laughs> um, but that, and then um, I'm not sure, like I said, I might be doing some real small, like, you know, maybe a two to three hour project, a small little EDC knife or a little EDC gadget, maybe a bottle opener. And uh, I'm still playing with the idea, but take all the bits of scrap that I have and and do one little project per day. Um you know, I'm obviously with this, uh, what's going on in the world right now, there's not a lot of people 
I've found for me, they haven't been ordering knives, but I still have uh, a couple, maybe a couple months of knives to get out. And so, I, you know, like, it's hard to allocate my time. Like, how much do I spend doing videos and how much do I make customers knives? Mm. Um, but I was thinking maybe a little project here that I can just get up early, hammer it out. The editing for me is the fastest part by far. Like, uh, my last video I did was a build video. And it took me about an hour and 10 minutes to edit. And it's like a 16-minute video. Um, I've kind of got that part figured out, but that's kind of the plan for this next week. Just do as much, uh, much content as I can. Everything from knife builds to, I, I don't know, whatever I feel like I just want to try and create some content. Mm. Um, you know, the, the thing with my channels, it's, um, fairly broad or not as broad as I'd like it to be, but it's kind of like, you know, when you make knives for a living, you don't always want to just make videos about making knives, right? Because then you're oh, just yeah. completely engulfed. So I like to try and squeeze some of my other hobbies and interests into that. But um, but definitely the the knife videos get way more attention than anything else. So that's kind of my goal. Just, just do as much as I can, I guess, for the next little while. Mm. Are, you, are you finding that the the knife making videos that you're you're doing, people want that knife? You're getting people saying, how can I buy that knife? Oh yes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. If it's if I do um like when I came out with the chunky monkey there, um, I did that and I'll, I'll kind of like time it. I'll get it set up so you could order one off my website. And I mean, the video came out and I probably sold like fifteen of them in the, the next week. So it's uh it, it's funny because the the, mo- the money to be made on YouTube, I think people have this misunderstanding. Um, it's not that much, but. I've found that it's it's been a great marketing platform for my knife business. You know, a lot of people ask, oh, how do you sell knives? You know, any tips for selling knives? And I honestly don't know. It's like, well, start a YouTube channel maybe and, and get some views. And so that's where the value, that's where I get the most value out of YouTube. And it's fun to just to, to share what you might know because it might help people. And then the connection and then what you learn from others. I, I always say that I've learned more from my viewers than I think I've shared with them. So it's incredible. It's a really, really neat uh, platform to to build a community around. Yeah, I find exactly the same with this podcast. I learn so much each week, whether it's from Jeff or Mareko or from the tips that people send in or sometimes just corrections mm-hmm. and stuff. You know, if I say something wrong, people will let me know immediately. And yeah, it, it, mm-hmm. you learn from it every day, which is, which is really, really cool. So let's yeah. talk about an, another quick sponsor. So in DASA USA, they make the incredible Rhinoette. Um, any knife maker out there will tell you that the the hand sanding is always is always the worst part of making a knife. It's the <laughs> least exciting bit, and it can last a long time. So, make it easier on yourself. Use Rhino Wet. Um, it's what I use. It's what Jeff uses. What Morocco uses. I know a lot of guys use it just because it's just so much better than anything else you'd buy in the store. Um, but Texas Farrier Supply, um, they sell it. They got every grit available that Indasa do. Um, and if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off your whole order with Texas Farrier Supply. So go take a look. Um, it's always worth just getting a few different grits that maybe you haven't tried before because it's cheap and it's going to save you time. Saving time is saving money. So go take a look at Texas Farrier Supply and get yourself some, some Rhino Wet. So I think mm-hmm. that's the show, Jeremy. I think we're pretty much there. We've talked right about, uh, you know, how, how, how we're coping with the current situation. Um, but we've got this new part of the show, which we've started. So let me just... Oh, there it is, yeah. Nice and oh. nice. 
nice and relaxed. Yeah. When I hear that, all I think about is Jeff. Exactly. <laughs> Jeff's going, yeah. oh, I love this. <laughs> it's the only way we can calm him down. <laughs> the only way. That's right. Well, especially yesterday's episode, man, that coffee got him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It <laughs> was funny. Gaskets were blown within minutes of that show, yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's he's working very hard, Jeff. Bless him. He uh, he really is. So yep. yeah, hopefully um, he's staying safe the same as everybody else. But um, yeah, what is the dream? Let I mean, we've talked about what you're up to for the next week. But let's say in you know in a year's time, where would you like to see yourself with regards to knife making and the channel? You know, what are you pointing towards? I I think more of what I'm doing now. Um, I really enjoy this. Um. You know, it's. I think I'd like to get a little bit more of a balance to be able to do some bigger projects and film. Ultimately, if you could get to the point where your channel is large enough that uh, the income from the the videos would pay for your lifestyle, then you could spend some time and actually really hone stuff. You know, like a lot of times the videos I make now, they're a customer's knife and I'll just film the process. And so two birds with one stone, right? I've got my customer's knife and then I also have a video out but um honestly if if nothing changed from right now i would be just happier than pig in mud because i've got nothing to complain about and um i really really enjoying life right now and what i'm doing good to hear good to hear community showcase so whilst we're talking about your youtube channel who are the people that you subscribe to who who do you watch a lot of uh trollski is a guy that taught me how to make a knife um, actually really surprised lately. He's been commenting on some of my videos and that's like, I was like just blown away. It's like, Oh man, it's come full circle. Right. <laughs> um, he's been on the show uh, yeah, as well I mean, a like, long time ago. He was on the show. Yep. Yeah. yeah. The interview, um, Alex Steele. Um, I just discovered, you guys mentioned him. Uh, and when I think he asked a question, but Brian house of housework, very good um, videos. He's aren't a pretty they? cool channel. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got the lighting dialed in and yeah. stuff and, uh, I think his channel is going to take off uh, fairly quick, I think. Mm. The production values um, are very, very see. strong, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not sure. What, who do you like to watch on YouTube? Um, I, I, well, you just mentioned the you know the main ones, but um, a lot of sort of random stuff that I'm into lately. So um, <laughs> um, I've, I've been really getting into the sustainable knife and the whole thing of how I'm going to make the knife as sustainable as possible. So I've got, I've got the steel pretty much dialed in with um, by using Sandvik steel, which is sort of like eighty percent recycled, but still you know super super high quality. Um, so it's all down to the handles mm-hmm. really. So um, I've been doing a lot of sort of resin casting, and I've got this plant based resin that I found, and all this kind of stuff. And all this time I'm, I'm finding it on YouTube. Um, but just just over the last few days, I've been thinking more about um, 3d printing um handles handle materials so yeah years and years ago years and years and years ago i used to own like a like a maker space back back in wales um and we had we had a bunch of 3d okay. printers then and this was sort of eight or nine years ago and they were they were a bit ropey the, the pla plastic stuff that you'd use was just really brittle and it, you know it wouldn't have been right so I've done a sort of deep dive mm-hmm. into this over the last few days, and and now you can get you know you oh, can three wow. D print with wood and 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 copper and brass and stuff like that. So I've got a three D printer on its way to really wood R- with wood, yes. So yeah, and, it, wow. and it's all recycled wood as well. So the whole idea is mm. that it's, it's like a sawdust. Exactly, yeah. So the whole idea is it's it's 
additive as opposed to whereas at the moment we, we'll take something and we'll take bits yeah. off it until we've got the shape we want the whole idea of a 3d mm-hmm. print is that you start with nothing and you only make what what you need so if it's recycled material yeah. as well um so it's really sort of deep diving in, into um a lot of sort of 3d printing stuff online at the moment on youtube and um yeah, so it's hmm. I I tend to go through these massive sort of like rabbit holes where whatever I'm into is the only thing I've got an interest in at the moment, you know? <laughs> and it's like <laughs> yeah, it's the most important yeah. thing in the world. And then three weeks later yeah. I see something else shiny, then that's the most important thing in the yeah. world. So at the moment it's it's yeah, it's all about three D printing and using these 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 uh these new PLAs and stuff that you can use to print with. So yeah, a lot of that um Obviously, obviously, your stuff and Alex stuff as well. Um, I don't know if you've heard of it, Peter Peter McGinnon. I think it's Peter McGinnon. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like a videographer and stuff, but he's started putting out these videos almost daily at the moment. And, and again, the, the quality of them is incredible. So, um, yeah, actually, I talked with him last year, and he says he's he said he wants to come here and make a knife with me sometime. So oh, fantastic! Because <laughs> is he in Canada? Yeah, too? I, is, I, I, yeah, he's in uh, Ontario. I think Hamilton or somewhere around Toronto, I believe. Right, suburb of Toronto. But um, it was funny. It was like last fall. I think I got a message from him on Instagram. I'm like, okay, it's got to be a joke account, right? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was uh, it's about my little last ditch necker. He's like, dude, I love the video and I love that knife. I was like, you, you joke, and no, it's him. So I've talked with him quite a bit. He actually went and bought a a knife sharpener that I recommend that he get out and, and he oh, picked that cool. up. He has my opinion on it. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That guy's crazy talented. Yeah. And his channel Hard is worker too. huge, huge channel. So yeah. that would be incredible. That'd yeah. be brilliant. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a show. Um, we've talked about your, right your dream, where you want to be going. We've talked about we, how, we, how we you... didn't get your dream. My dream. Oh. Yeah. We need the harps. We need the harps. Let's have a look. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, Craig, what is your dream? Next next week. Because we normally talk about just the next week, but, you know, because we're doing the show differently, maybe I can talk sort of longer term. Um, You bet. I think, like, I've really enjoyed doing bigger, bigger batches of knives. So that's that's the way I'm doing things at the moment. I'm, you know, but this uh, sustainable kitchen knife, you know, it's 100 chef knives that I'm working on, which which are just Mm -hmm. about finished and they're going out. Then I'm releasing the second version of that. So, again, it's going to be 100 spots for that. Um, and I'm really enjoying that. So I think basically making those as, as you know, cost effectively as possible and, and passing on those, those price differences. So I'd love to be able to make mm-hmm. a, you know, a very high quality handmade knife, um, for sort of, you know, under $200. And if I'm doing a hundred of them, oh, it wow. makes financial sense to me. Um, and it obviously makes financial sense to the buyer because it's, it's cheaper than the standard handmade knife. So that's where I'm sort mm-hmm. of going. So, you know, again, this week I've been looking at, you know, lasers and all the rest of it. So that's what I'd like to see, almost like a production house, but making everything in-house, if that makes it, that makes any mm-hmm. sense. And then you get into that whole argument of, it. you know, <laughs> is it handmade because you're cutting them out with a laser and all that? And I just think, yeah. you know, yeah. but... Um, yeah. That's where I'd like to see myself going. I, I've never really done the sort of the one-off pieces. Um, I generally yeah. do them, and that's a prototype to to make you know a larger run of them. Um, yeah. And I, I'd like getting into that flow of you know I've, I'm I'm going to you know grind out you know fifteen of these today, and they're all exactly the same. I like that. I like that flow. So, and it works for me huh, because cool. 
because the the way I sort of work here, I've I've got twins here, you know, the fifteen months, mm-hmm. and my wife works from home too, but she she works full time, so I'm. You know, I'm, I'm with the babies for most of the day, and you know, if if I've got you know three months to do a hundred knives, I don't necessarily have to do nine to five. I can work through the night and and that kind of thing. So yeah, yeah, it works for me that way. So yeah, that's what I'd like to see sort of the business go in over the next year, doing a lot more of that, um, and maybe a, a little bit less restaurant work because um, yeah, I think I'm yeah. gonna, I think I could be forced to <laughs> quite simply because yeah, restaurants yeah. are. They're going to be struggling for some time, so yeah, yeah, that is that is too bad. It's and, and you know, yeah, not to distract, but it's that's what you feel bad for. Like so many in the service industry are being affected so much worse, you know. Mm. Yeah, uh, and I, I I don't know how it is over hmm. there now, but I mean, uh, by demand, every 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 restaurant in France is closed. Um, but wow. I mean, what was nice is is the first thing that the the president said before he did that. He said, well, "There's no way any." Any any restaurant is going to go out of business. We're going to support them in any way we can. Um, so that that yeah. made people feel a bit more secure. Whereas in the UK, it didn't quite <laughs> quite go like that. Um, and mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my customers are UK based restaurants, and I know a lot of them are going to struggle. Um, the, the, the government have sort of put in place certain things now, but it's it's not really going to help too much. So, yeah, yeah. thoughts go into anybody in 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 those industries because it's going to be tough, mm-hmm. and it's, I think it's going to last for you know longer than people think. You know, we're on lockdown here at the moment for um, well, they said twelve weeks, but um, whether that is you know oh, wow. going to extend from that, it probably will. Who knows? But um, wow, trying times for us all. Yeah, but but you know the one thing I've noticed too, um, it it depends where you look. I mean, you got you got to be selective of your sources and stuff. But I'm finding that I'm seeing way more good in people that I hadn't seen good come from them yes. necessarily, right? Yes. Uh, people helping out, people doing things, um, and even like I I was inspired. Like I had a couple knives on my website, and I learned that uh, one of my YouTube friends, um, he's in stage four kidney failure and he needs a kidney transplant and a pancreas transplant i believe and um i thought you know what these knives could sit on this website forever or i could just do like a raffle Mm. and um it's incredible people that are getting involved with that you know so it's neat seeing people doing what they can to to just encourage everybody else around them i think there's actually a lot of positivity i think the health stuff and the financial stuff is scary but i think from what i can tell at least there's been a lot of good coming out of this so far i agree I agree. And let's just hope that, you know, when this is all over and we're through the other side, that um, people will still be thinking that way. Because it's it's been tough for the yeah. last, you know, two years. And I know um, in, in the US as well, and I don't know about Canada as such, but I, I know in the US there's been this big split, you know, this big divide of people, mm-hmm. um, you know, whether it's politically or wherever it may be. And, you know, even families have, have been sort of split. And this seems to be bringing people back together again. Um, it was the same in the UK, mm-hmm. and and it's great to see people helping each other out, and and even strangers, people who they who they don't know. I mean, another example is the UK this week. The uh, the prime minister asked for, so the NHS is the health service in the UK, um, and they're they're just completely okay. crippled, completely crippled. I mean, to put to put into perspective, there's I think there's been more deaths in the UK than there has been in the US. Um, due to the, the, the oh, wow. current virus, and obviously it's it's such a smaller place, 
Um, so the yeah. so the NHS has just been crippled. So that he asked for people who can volunteer to help, and that would be delivering drugs to people who need drugs at home and just checking on the elderly that they've got shopping, that kind of thing. And they had like 460,000 people like over within 24 hours, you know, go, go to the government oh, website wow. and register. So it, it's lovely to see that sense of community coming back. And um, yeah, yeah, let's just hope that it, it continues. Hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. That's a show. Thank you so much for... Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, you had this this message just a couple of hours ago saying, you know, could you drop tools and have a chat with me later? And so thank you so much for doing that. And um, yeah, yeah, no, thanks. This was great. I'm always honored to be on the show. I really, really appreciate your show. And it's like, it's like I complained last time. The only bummer is there's not more of them, but you guys are on that now. So this is great. <laughs> <laughs> We're trying. We're trying. The, the, the problem yep. is I'm not a natural. I mean, Jeff, since we got Jeff on the show, he sort of drives the show and he's got this energy and he, you know, he can do the show on his yeah. own as, we, as we've seen this week. Um, yeah. I really struggle. So yeah, I won't be doing it as regular as Jeff. And, and I think Morocco feels the same way as well. But um, yeah, we're going to try to get at, you know, at least one extra show out per week. Um, and we'll see right how on. we go. So sounds good. Thank you all for listening. And we should speak to you soon. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.